Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Live from the Sunset Strip, it's Kathleen Null. <laughs> and Philip Estrada. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Welcome to Old Hollywood Realness. Hey, y'all. The podcast dedicated to all things glitz and glamour from the golden era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we kind of already introduced ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we like a big entrance, big yeah. finish. We just do it big. Plus, you got that sweet backdrop now. It looks like you're doing stand-up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with airplane food? <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> Live from 172nd Terrace. <laughs> uh, help me. <laughs> All right. Well, um, how you doing, Kathleen? How was your week? I'm pretty good. It was yeah. actually kind of awesome. Yeah. I went up to Astoria this past weekend, which is one of my favorite places on earth. And oh. I played skee ball until my arms wanted to fall off. It was great. <laughs> nice. It's the only sport I'm good at. I'm ambidextrous in skee ball. Oh. And uh, it's fantastic. It's... Get a lot of tickets. It's just my life. <laughs> did you uh, did you trade it in for one of those sticky octopuses that you throw against the wall? No, no, we we got a sweet uh like it, it's like a little electronic uh, it's like a coin bank that's like a little video game one uh it's, I think it's like Mega Man and oh. when whenever you put the quarters or you put coins in there it goes <laughs> and um, we thought it would be so perfect for putting just our quarters in there for when we go back next time oh. and play more video games yeah. Classic arcade games are a great way to relieve stress and still yeah. use your brain at the same time. Building memories. I'm a fan. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Good times. What about you? Um, had a good week. Um, had a good weekend, too. I started working on my outfit for the Cher concert. Okay. Which is going to be in the beginning of next month. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> do I believe in life after love? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So lots of sequins. And it's going to be glamorous, and I'll post photos of it when it's done, and it's looking it's looking crisp. Very cool. Yeah. Would you say you had a sequin weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. All right. Sequin just... weekend. I was sequin weekend. <laughs> it was great. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Awesome. Sequin weekend. <laughs> I need to write. I want that embroidered on a pillow. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would be it, with the sequins. <laughs> Encrusted. In yes. Yes. Clearly. Beads and beaded French. Beaded French. <laughs> yes. Some pasty tassels yeah, on every corner. One of those, like, don't sit on the pillow. <laughs> those pillows your grandma's not allowed to, you won't let you use. Uh, Let's face it, it's an anti mame pillow. Clearly. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I just, uh, uh, I can't wait to become an old crazy coot. <laughs> it's yes. going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be covered in plastic. And the Madame Alexander dolls as far as yeah, I can see. Oh, well, let's face <laughs> it. When I grow up, I want to be Rosalind Russell. I mean, I don't blame you. This one, this movie actually is got a Rosalind Russell in it. Classic Rosalind Russell, which is a, such a wonderful segue. Very smooth. <laughs> Thanks. I was like, wait, do I have to tell you that was my segue? Because it was totally my segue. <laughs> <laughs> like butter. Um, so let well. So the movie we are talking about today is His Girl Friday, um, nineteen forty from Columbia Pictures. Yes. Oh, such a good one. It's uh, fabulous. This this one is this one's this one's fun. Um do you have a history with this movie, Kathleen? Um actually I don't. I don't have much history with screwball comedies, but I'm very sort of 
aware, well-versed in the other actors that are in this movie. I mean, Rosalind Russell, she was, you know, we just talked about her in Gypsy. Uh, yeah. um, and of course, Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Yes, two weeks in a row. This is this is double Roz for us. And we're <laughs> totally okay with that. But yes, then also, Cary Grant. I can't say it without smiling like the Cheshire Cat. Cary Grant. I don't know why. He's just amazing. He's so delightful. And uh, yeah, and uh, so I, I know him from other things, but I've never actually seen His Girl Friday. I know it has a lot of cred for being a really classic movie and having a lot of comedy. And it's a very, it's very fast paced. I'll, I'll say that. That's an understatement. This movie. Thoughts, Philip? <laughs> you? Whoa. How about you with this movie? Have you ever um, seen this movie? My history with this movie is I think I had tried to watch it. It was on Netflix a while ago, and I was like, oh, let me just put this on. And I put it on, like, while I was going, like, laying in bed, like, one of those right before you go to sleep movies. And, like, I had fallen asleep in it. And then when I was trying to watch it for this, for this, for the podcast, I put it on right as I was, um, actually, I was flying to New York for work. And so I was like, and I was a red eye. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch the movie. I'm sure, you know, whatever. And I fell asleep again. <laughs> and then the next night I tried Finn watching it again and I fell asleep in the exact same place. And I was like, this movie is not boring. This movie is fast paced. It's it like crazy frantic, but it's just like, I, you really have to like, like blinders on, earmuffs on, like pay attention to it because they are talking so fast and oh, so much do. happens. It's, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't do anything else. Like, don't check your phone because you would have missed 30 minutes of the movie. Like, it's because yes. it goes so fast. It I mean, does. but the story is really quality and it's very, uh, I mean, it's, but it's, it's crazy. It's like, oh my God, this, geez, but everything's happening fast, like at a, a 1.5 speed. Uh, yeah. Really, you know, I think um, I was reading somewhere that they were. Um, I think it was on the trivia section of IMDb and they clocked the movie at having like, a hundred words a minute or something ridiculously high compared to like normal wow. movies at the time, which was like, like the normal one was like 70 something or I'd have to Google it. But it was like when you looked at the two numbers against each other, you're like, whoa, this movie is moving fast. Like they and they don't wait for you to laugh at the jokes. They just like plow no. right through. So it'll be like joke, 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 joke. And you're like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> like, they don't, Yeah, they don't even wait to like finish each other i mean they finished each other's sentences they're like overlapping like slightly overlapping mm -hmm. with with even a lot of the dialogue um but it's it's quite funny and catchy and um there's some definitely some realness in there i mean god those newspaper reporters are fucking goons they're I terrible mean, yeah terrible individuals i mean and <laughs> it was like it's just so funny the way that they have those like during when when the action starts they're all on the phone and they're all like yes you know dictating reports to it they all have very different varying reports and at one point they're even like the action is happening in front of them and they're all lying about what is happening and you're like what? oh yes <laughs> which is like yeah i mean it's just so telling it's about fascinating the world of newspaper men <laughs> And, and also fascinating because it's like it's all these reporters, newspaper guys that are in one room, but they're all working for different publications. Right. Um, it, it, very, very interesting, like the sharing of information. And there's scenes where they're, they're just sitting around playing cards with each other until something exciting happens. And then when it does, they're just spouting off all kinds of things. Uh, yeah, you know? it was interesting. And, uh, it was very interesting. And uh, also the fact that like, because um, like Rosalind Russell, our character Hildy, she had to like, I never saw those other guys like typing up their own shit. She I was know. like reporting, catching and like typing up her own shit all the time, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, she was his girl Friday, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but so the, the let's run through the, some credits on this movie. So this yes. was um, his girl Friday, 1940 from Columbia Pictures, Cary Grant. Who's a dreamboat? Um, right. Plays the main character Walter Burns, who's the editor of the newspaper. The he's the editor of the Morning Post, and Hill um, Rosalind Russell plays Hildy Johnson, who is basically his ace reporter and also his ex-wife. Um, Ralph Bellamy plays Bruce Baldwin, who is Rosalind Russell's fiance. and John Quaylen plays Earl Williams, who is a man on death row who was um who shot a black cop 
and then they they're basically trying to figure out whether or not he was sane or innocent or um you know insane at the time like yeah. temporary insanity all that because he had just left his job and it was like the height of the depression and all of that stuff so it was an is an interesting it's an interesting tale about his like his story arc is interesting um the director is howard hawks and he also directed one of my favorite movies gentlemen prefer blondes okay mine is, too <laughs> and the costumes were by a gentleman who went under the name of Calloc, k-a-l-l-o-c-h um he's um i have some history on him actually his name is robert Calloc. he was credited as Calloc on this movie he was a lead costume designer for columbia pictures between 1932 to 1940 most notable for his work in it happened one night and the awful truth and his girl friday so he kind of really like epitomized the look of the Columbia Pictures girl. So like um, Claudette Colbert's look was very iconic in that movie. It happened one night and this movie, um, Rosalind Russell has amazing suits in it. She only has two costume oh, changes yeah. in the movie, which is rare for our, for our kind of movies, but um, <laughs> for our are... kind of movies that <laughs> like no. to be rapid fire, like Marie Antoinette yes. <laughs> or, or <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usually we go for the rapid fire costumes. This time we go for the rapid fire dialogue. <laughs> yeah. We thought we'd mix it up. Yeah. So Calic began his career as a designer for of a high fashion gowns for royalty, the social elite, and review stars in working um in Britain actually. He worked for the leading British couturier Lucille, aka Lady Duff Gordon, who oddly enough survived the sinking of the Titanic. Which is wow. like that's random. And um he did and he did work at MGM after he left Columbia, um, in from forty one to forty three. And then he, after that, he freelanced around town. But then he died at an early age of 54 in 1947. Oh, so, I know. Poor little guy. People yeah. lived very intensely back then. Yes. Lots of smoking, lots of drinking, lots of fatty foods, <laughs> lots yeah. of red meat. <laughs> and working hard for the money. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I can run through the storyline on this movie. Yeah. Um, or there's some back. I actually have some back background information too. So this movie was based on the stage show, the front page from 1928. The original play had two male leads and Howard Hawks would have his secretary read the reporter's lines during auditions. And he actually felt that they sounded better coming from a woman. So the part of the reporter was changed to female and the ex-wife of Walter Burns, the editor. Um, Cary Grant was cast immediately as the role of Walter Burns, but Hildy's part wasn't so easy to fill. Oh, I love this part of the story. Yeah. So they proposed many actresses of the time, originally wanting Carol Lombard, who was deemed too expensive. Nice. Real classy. Um, And then they offered it to Catherine Hepburn, Claudette Colbert, Margaret Sullivan, Ginger Rogers, Irene Dunn, and Jean Arthur. (laughs) Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, Howard Hawks eventually ended um, offered the role to Rosalind Russell, who accepted it and was not happy to be eighth choice. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. It's just like, Jesus Christ. Good God. Um, At that point, they're like, any broad will do. And she fit <laughs> the She was like, next broad in line. She's like, fine, oh. I guess I'll take it. Um, yeah, that was so funny that not nobody like nobody really wanted it. They thought some people thought that the role was too small. Other th- people thought the role wasn't like um, important enough. I was like, um, it's basically the entire movie. Like Cary Grant yeah. has a smaller part than she does. Like you don't yeah. see him for most of the movie. He's just on the other end of the telephone. It's <laughs> called His Girl Friday. <laughs> like it's it's all about that person. Like even in the title. Yeah, I she's mean, two great. thirds of the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did read that she like um, there was a lot of improving that was on that, uh-huh. like uh, on the set, and that she did um, like hire a writer to kind of help her with that because it sounds like Howard Hawks just I don't know if he necessarily had it out for her, but he definitely didn't have a lot of faith in her. He was just like, well, um, let's just fill in the cracks, you know. And yeah, then, I th- you know. I had read that too actually, and she hired um yeah, so she had hired somebody because he did want a lot of ad living on set, and I think right. when they first when they first started doing it, like. Cary Grant was better at it than she was. So she hired somebody sort of in her corner to sort of like punch up her dialogue. So she had yeah. like stuff in her back pocket, which is like kind of smart on her end to go that route. I'm like, 
Well, when in doubt, just well, hire. of course. Well, and also it's just making it easier on everyone else. She's got to keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would think that even someone like Claire, Cary Grant, like you can understand what you, what she's doing is helping the greater good. You want to mm-hmm. like, what do you want? Somebody just standing there not knowing what the fuck to do. Like you got to keep it going. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I think that's good. It also gives Cary Grant something to work against. If he's an improv guy, yeah. like he can't be working against some dud. You know, I, I can't imagine cracking. Yeah. And I can't imagine they had like improvisational classes for like in the 1940s. There wasn't like people. No, like, I, I think all this was in his infancy method acting. All of yeah. that was sort of not really, you know, like it, it really wasn't a working thing. Like you too can be an actor. You know, like it wasn't really, I mean, I guess maybe in the twenties and thirties, but it hadn't really become like a churning. I mean, I guess in the, in the, um, you know, in, in the movie machine of like MGM and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, like, act, I just think of like acting coaches, right? Like Marilyn Monroe had an acting coach and a lot, and a lot yeah. of people different, you know, kind of did try to have that. And but, that um, wasn't until mu- yeah. much later too, because yes. like back in the day, it was like, you just showed up, they just gave you a screen test and they just signed you. And then you were right. just, they were just like, okay, cool. You're an actress now. And it was like, no matter how terrible you were, they'd, they'd figure you out. There wasn't like, it wasn't like a pursuit that people went after yeah. and like really studied for and thought of it as a craft. So I thought that that's interesting that they're like, let's do improv when there wasn't, when neither of them really came from like vaudeville or comedy or anything like that. So it's just an interesting yeah. dynamic to be, to kind of like, like dump these people in like such a situation. Oh, but no, totally. It ended up being a pretty, pretty good movie. Like as far as like dialogue goes and the jokes, yeah. I mean, it's it's a shame that they went so fast because there's so many good like zingers and one liners and stuff like that that you're just like you can hardly hardly remember anything. Oh, definitely. I feel like, you know, I I I I would say I watched this movie about 3 times before we did this and I still feel like I feel like in some ways I I if I had grown up with this movie or seen it several times I could do just like such a better job, you know, because <laughs> it's got so many you know, I just feel like cuz it's got such a more like so many nuances that I just feel like I'm not capturing enough of like, and, but I, I think in, in a lot of ways, that's, what's great about this movie. It's, it's really, um, it's quality. This is a quality yeah. film for sure. It really is. Um, it's also like, I love that. It's also a juxtaposition of like, it's a screwball comedy, but it's also a little dark too, because you're yes. dealing with a man who's on death row. And then there's also like a one point one woman jumps out of a window, like attempts suicide. Oh my like God. It's That's just, crazy. It's such a, like it's, and then also like, then there's like that guy who's the, who delivers the reprieve. Who's like this kind of like comedic character. And it's like, it's almost Petty like, bone. yeah, <laughs> it's like these weird, <laughs> There's like these strange, like almost like Mark Brothers style characters in this movie. Yes. And then you're just like, but they're, it's like, it's just a dark, it's, it's like dark, but it's in serious, but it's also like kind of like flippant and funny at the same time. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to get your head around at some points. It's interesting. I definitely, I mean, well worth the trip. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the storyline is, ba- um, like we were saying, is Rosalind Russell plays Hildy Johnson, an ace reporter for the Morning Post. Uh, the film opens up with her returning to the Post to tender her resignation after a few months away. The reason for her um, absence is that she's been procuring herself a divorce from the paper's um, editor, Walter Burns, ably played by our good friend Cary Grant. Um, He's oh, that whole scene when she comes in is really cool because it's that long tracking shot of yes. like all the like office girls and like all the reporters like and it's like this clattering of like all this like action and oh. stuff and then it eventually gets to Cary Grant's office and it's and he's like on the phone it's like a big or he's getting a shave and it's like a big reveal that it's kind of like Cary Grant which I was like oh he's yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really cool because you can actually get like kind of a real glimpse of just like the every like working day of like 1930 1940 mm-hmm. like it was and it was a loud noisy experience with like lots of clattering and like you know like a switchboard operator and oh, like you would see that best. switchboard operator every day like that that's yep. like the receptionist like you would just see them they're just like running the boards and uh <laughs> i you know and and uh you already get the idea from the very early on that like Rosalind russell's character is unusual for being uh, a female mm-hmm. uh you know and in that position um and she's literally like in with the boys like yep. all the time 
And yeah, um, she has that kind of like she carries yeah. herself in such a strong manner to like just kind of like walk through with kind of like conviction of walking through that like ostensibly like a man's a boys club of yes. sorts. So, so she's like she just owns the place and you can tell by yeah. her body language is so and all the other like there's even like another like a woman follows her asking her questions and she even is more of like she has more like subordinate body language where she like she isn't walking as like upright and like head held high like Heldi is and it's yeah it's such an inch it's such a wonderful thing to see and i also love any film that has a has a switchboard operators i just oh, think they're so too. fun i love me a good switchboard <laughs> operator especially when they, they're there together in tandem working yep. and like being cool to everyone like i think it's really cool you really get a glimpse of like you know all these things seem so crazy and foreign to us now uh-huh. but that would have been the, the every day like like i mean hildy had to type out her own newspaper articles and fast and like had to keep track of that and like think about that and if you think about that kind like have any type like that and do it well and like under all those distractions around you oh my god crazy and probably smoking a cigarette at the same time I mean, really? Yeah, Amazing. it's ridiculous. But it's so awesome too, because like they show them on like with the with the phones and stuff, and they just uh, lift up the phone, and there's an operator just waiting. Yes. So like all these, so like their phone in the newsroom was hooked up to their switchboard, and it literally you just pick up the phone, and someone's like yes, like immediately. So there's no dial yeah. tone, no nothing. It's so interesting. And then also every time I see a switchboard operator, it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where they go to like the the quote Verizon store, and it pans through, and there's robot sitting at like at a switchboard and they even have like and the, oh god that's a classic the robots so have good. the robots have the victory curls in their hair and she's all like mary mary hill 7309 please hold it's like <laughs> totally a robot it's like my favorite thing love it oh my god it's so good um Yep. So while um, Walter's not happy to hear that his best reporter is quitting and even is even more miffed to learn that the reason she's going is because she's going to be marrying another man. Um, And I must admit, uh, Cary Grant is beautiful. Oh, oh, I I smile every time I see his name. Sorry about smiling. Okay. He's so cute. Wait, should we just, should the rest of the podcast just be us giggling? (laughs) I don't know. Just like, Cary Grant. Oh my God. It's, it's so, oh, like, I mean, as I've already told you, okay, so before we started this podcast, we were, you know, Philip's like, oh, look at these notes I've typed up, these beautiful one-page notes, they look great, it's wonderful, and I'm so impressed, and then I look at mine, and I was like, I held them up, and they're all handwritten, and in different sizes and fonts and whatever, and then in the middle it just says, Cary Grant has big hands. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Oh my God, he's got beautiful hands. Check he that shit is, out. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, like, I mean, oh, where, what? How can uh, is a girl supposed to get any podcasts done with you around, Mister Grant? Good Lord, I can't even. Well, uh, I mean, he is like a capital S specimen. He's so, like, just like beautiful just oh, and this and, is and like he's so whippity smart i just i, I can't even, no it's the dialogue i'm like you sir you cannot be this attractive <laughs> and this whippity smart at the same time <laughs> i can't handle it like where's your neck beard there's no neck beard oh my god <laughs> yeah just... i mean he's the this is of course this is to him like when he was the prettiest because there's some later movies where he's looking a little rough but this one he is oh, just no he is um point in this movie <laughs> just smooth just like marble a <laughs> lady gets the vapors watching <laughs> Gary grant in this movie oh, and, I mean, but he's, he's so self-absorbed and so weird i would almost say he's like you know what it is he's on the spectrum he's it's like <laughs> i think him and both both him and rosalind russell both are like a little on the spectrum well with how they conduct their business and even how yeah. they talk to each other that back and forth i'm like uh wait what i think that Um, they're both like i think they're both the same person which i think is interesting that's probably why their marriage didn't last very long either because they're both super driven exactly they're both super like eyes on the prize people who they and autistic is (laughs) i don't know about that but i do think that they are completely unaware of the the consequences of their actions like they literally just like at all costs get the story at all costs put out the paper at all you know it's like asperger's they just... as fuck <laughs> okay sorry you can just edit this out i'm sorry 
Mr. Producer? Um, I mean, no, they're like, they're TMZ as fuck. Like, they're just like, they really. Are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's slimy in a weird, and in, in, there's, they're redeemable characters, and you feel, you know, you're on their side, but they're slimy. Like, they're. They're a power you know, couple of slime. Yeah. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Um, it is. And it's funny because she's sort of presented as the one with the, with the morals being like, I'm going to get out of the industry. I'm getting out of this, this, this filthy business. I'm going to marry. I'm going to have babies. I'm going to put diapers on them. And she just gets pulled right back in immediately. Like as soon as as soon exactly. as anything happens, she's just like, and I'm back. Like it doesn't matter. She tried to give her whole like, look, I've met a very good looking bland person who's going <laughs> to pull me out of this and away yes. from you. And it worked about five seconds. Yeah, I've <laughs> met Bruce Baldwin. He sells insurance. Oh my God. He's so good looking and bland. Yes. I mean, I felt sorry for him because he was so like cute, but then derpy. And then I felt like they were making <laughs> fun of him. He's a oh, bit of an ox. Know. Yes, he was He's a, bit a bit of an, of an ox. ox. Um, uh, so basically, like I was saying, so she's going to marry an insurance man, um, Bruce ba- um, Bruce Baldwin, played by Ralph Bellamy. And um, the happy couple plans to move to Albany with his mother that very evening, which I'm just so it's it's such a flimsy premise that she's like, I'm going to go back to yeah. my back to see my ex-husband and give my resignation at the newspaper, even though I've been gone for months living in Reno and Yep. Bermuda getting a divorce from him from him at the same time. I'm like, she couldn't just, I don't know, called him. <laughs> but since Seems I'm like going a, up there, I'm yeah. going to look fly as fuck in my oh, really my cool God. striped jacket cut in all different directions and my I dark mean. dress and my matching sassy hat that kind of looks like a fedora, kind of doesn't. Very scaparelli. I love it. It's very chic. That so kind of good. Italian 40s looking thing. It, um, also makes me think of like um, the kind of Casablanca feel, but it was like this was totally a time where it was like ladies were trying to do like the man dressing, mm-hmm. but in a very feminine way. It's cool as fuck. I love this era of tailoring just in general because it's just it's beautiful. It's just beautiful like suits and shit that made sense for people who like walked around every day and had to do shit and had to work and had to look good. And this is like it is it is the era of that and it's beautiful it's like i'm i'm a heavily traumatized person going through crazy shit in the world right now and i'm still <laughs> gonna look on point and <laughs> and this is how the this is how they do it in the 1930s and 40s and uh don't get me wrong children don't get to look like children uh they have to look like little adults is pretty much but that's how it had to be but everybody looked good and at least they all took good pictures. There you they go. They may be fucked up afterwards, but damn, did they look good. <laughs> what were they? Go- what do you think they were going through? You have this I'm very sorry. bleak vision of the 1940s. I guess. You <laughs> like know you're what? just like everyone's getting everyone's getting gassed. <laughs> it's like well, they pretty much didn't know where where tomorrow li- would lay for them. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like during it's like I lived through the Depression. Now I get to live through World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wasn't like the, wasn't <laughs> you know. You just, it's just nuts. No wonder people were such good dancers and, (laughs) (laughs) and like swing dancing happened and great tailoring and like, you know, it's just a lot of the great things happened from that time. Yeah. Uncertain times. But yeah, yeah, her outfit, the first outfit that you see her in is amazing Mm -hmm. with that beautiful, like super strong shoulders coat with the soft, it was like the shoulders were like razor sharp but then everything else was nice and soft it was like had like beautiful like shawl collar and like pleating in the back with a huge wide like sash belt it was super beautiful yeah and all the stripes and and stuff it was beautiful too because it almost had like gathering at the back of the waist Mm -hmm. like it had these very soft distinctly feminine tailoring details like the soft belt the the uh, the sort of the shearing at the back of the waist almost creating like a peplum and then like um, it, it just was an interesting dichotomy between that and like all the angles of the different stripes. And then, of course, I noticed, Philip, you did some screenshots. I'm looking at them now. Um, all those seams line up. Yeah. All those different angles I line up, like almost even up in the armpit. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. I was curious to know if they were actually mitered or if that was just a fabric that was woven with like the stripes going in different angles like that or printed and then they just like engineered it that way. I don't know either way because it's like on the sleeve it has like vertical stripe and then it goes into horizontal like almost at the elbow. It's like such an interesting like stripe play and I could see that if it was woven I don't I'm not going to like harp on them for that because I mean should I if I wouldn't want to miter all those stripes but all it's I such can a say beautiful way of utilizing flawless that. stripe yeah. play flawless oh, yeah. you look at that and her hat like every hat. single oh my god so every cute. single line is lining up in like the most beautiful chevrons mm-hmm. and everything like so someone great. match those seams girl they match those <laughs> lines girl like that is not easy and then like oh it looks great god, a little tiny it like oh. it's shoestring bow at her neck is adorable it's yes. so cute yeah and then um so they um they all end up going to lunch for some reason too which i thought was interesting so they um the Cary Grants, uh, Walter wants to take the the new couple, the you know the blushing bride and groom to um to lunch, but he ends up making them pay for it, of course, because he's a you know a bit yeah. of a con man himself, and it's adorable. She ends up taking her coat off at there, and she even has like a beautiful like black dress underneath it. But there's like these oh, wonderful so nice. like details at the side seam, almost yes. looks like like hook and eyes, like literally laid on top of each other in like a chain mm-hmm. pattern. It's so pr- like it's so subtle, but so pretty and interesting. I love it. It's really cute. Oh, it's so um, subtle. It's so and it's and she looks beautiful and like her hair is like beautiful and soft yet efficient. It's like (laughs) up and back and that like quintessential like night like late nineteen thirties nineteen forties look where it's just like, um you know it's like her her like her bang like no bangs like everything's like pulled up in the front and sides and then like quaffed into these very sculpted curls and then like then the rest of it's like let, let down with more curls and it, and i noticed too it like it's perfect for a hat it's totally like hat mm-hmm. hair but in a good way it's like i would say that in a weird expression but like like you can tell that the hair was like made so that those hats would just go on like just perfect, perfect. and i love that it's, it's like great. it's really cool it's almost like it's like here's my kit on how i look fabulous every day everything kind of fits <laughs> together and it's it's kind of awesome. It's wonderful. Her hair is great for the gal on the go. She yes. Just, she geez. is the gal. Yes. That's <laughs> it is. She is. It is perfect for the gal on the go. And uh, so they had a very uncomfortable lunch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, yeah. and then so basically Walter is not happy to see his ex-wife and his um best reporter go so he cooks up a scheme to keep her at the paper he basically entices her um, into covering one last story the tale of impending execution of earl williams a cop killer as we're saying played by john quaylen who i was when I, he first came on screen i was like he looks kind of vaguely familiar and apparently he's like a big deal character actor he was in the grapes oh. of wrath he was in yeah. this movie he he's familiar. in casablanca and some other i mean he just sort of he got around and i was like he was actually one of the more like I thought, like he was giving a really good performance in this movie. I was like, he's really kind of bringing it. I was like, this, that yeah. that was one of the bright spots. Like really, like he was like surprisingly good. I was like, that's because they could have gotten anybody for that role, but he really yeah. brought something to it. Some some uh, some humanity, which I liked a lot. Um, and then so she agrees to the assignment to one last assignment in exchange for Walter buying a very large insurance policy from her from her betrothed because she wanted that cash monties she wanted that commission and she was like how much is a commission on a hundred thousand dollar policy so that was the whole that's what kept her there initially and then while Hildy is distracted by pursuing the story Walter works to keep her from uh basically he keeps her from leaving by getting bruce arrested over and over again um which is hilarious because the first time he gets her um it gets him arrested from um so the first time he gets him arrested for the theft of a suspicious watch from his weird little creepy italian crony yes. <laughs> who just sort of like lurks around the office for no reason which I'm like what is he doing um and then the second time was for mashing which i thought was hilarious when yeah <laughs> that blonde lady and he's like calls and she's like she's like what'd you get arrested for and he's like they called it mashing <laughs> like he's such a rube <laughs> yeah i mean Cary grant he, okay he's a complicated autistic person he has <laughs> he has a goon and a floozy in his employ i guess full time so he can dispatch I'm- them at any time to you know Sh- shake up a story i suppose i guess yeah you know? 
put and, some uh, put the screw put the screws on people. Yep. Yep. Oh my god, it was such an interesting. Like I just thought it was so funny that weird like. He, I, he just looks like that guy who played the um who played his little like his little goon looked like some but basically someone out of central casting for Louis? Oh, any, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah for any sort of mob movie they were just like we need a goon hey, so, hey boss hey <laughs> yeah. boss how about this hey yeah so yeah. funny oh my god um and then the last time he ended up he and then he had eventually got him arrested for uh pa- trying to pass counterfeit bills by planting money on him it was like it's it's such an intru- it's such a funny way like such a f- like yeah. a series of events that had to go into play to get like a Rube Goldberg machine so of like getting so much. arrested. <laughs> and so little funny. do we know, like, I mean, yes, it is systematic and kind of sociopathic, but he's basically putting all these things in place so that Hildy cannot get married to the yeah. lovely yet bland man that mm-hmm. she has found. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, he he's just gonna try to do things subtly to make sure this does not happen. Yeah, she just wants to get married to her milk toast. Is that so wrong? You know, she's just trying to live her life. You know, um, and then so she well, after he gets arrested the first time, Hildy like loses her shit and she's like, how like realizes what he's trying to do and um realizes that the person that he's that Walter is behind all of this. So she tears up her interview that she has with. Um, with Earl on the over the phone and like throws it back in his face and says "Go fuck yourself" in so many words. Um, uh, Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Um, and then while so then the sheriff has an analyst who they keep calling an alienist. Did you hear that when they kept they yes, mis- they pronounced analyst weird. in such a weird way? I was like, what are they saying? It was like they just didn't uh, want to say anal. That was what a- it was. <laughs> analyst. They were like alienist. <laughs> um, so the alienist came to check to check out basically give Earl one last once over to make sure that he wasn't um, temporarily insane at the time or insane, um, and then. Um, he manages to escape because the sheriff gives Earl the gun in order to reenact the crime. I know this is so, just uh, the sheriff was a bumbling idiot, which shoehorned hijinks. I would saw I would call it in some I, ways right yeah so it's and the whole thing basically is is that they have to execute earl because he he basically he killed one of the black he killed a black cop and the constituency of the of the mayor and the um sheriff is that they are have a large african-american vote so they want to make sure that they there's retribution for that that policeman and there's a whole it's like it's almost it's a little bit convoluted but then after you're like okay that's that makes sense but it's just super yeah. convoluted so it's just and then they, everyone's completely incompetent <laughs> which was just you're like what is happening and of course all the guys in the press room all the news guys know that he's completely incompetent they know the mayor is corrupt and stuff so they're constantly like poking fun at the mayor and the sheriff and telling them that they're all like you know there's some yeah. weird thing they kept saying about the communists which I didn't remember there were even being referenced to communists there's like talking about the red scare like they said that they asked if the mayor they asked the mayor if he was on Stalin's payroll, which I was like, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> well they definitely took pot shots at him because like, um, I mean, he would you know like there there was even like and they were so open about it like even at yeah. the end like because like they kind of like at some point like um Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell I'm not like, not even using their character names right now but they like <laughs> they get handcuffed together because they were basically like aiding and abetting the mm-hmm. you know the the prisoner that got out and like but then like the mayor comes to the office and everything and they're like hey you're hang you know you'd hang your own mother to be uh you know uh, I'm sorry to, to be reelected you know yeah. like I that was like one of their quotes and uh or hildy says that she's like yeah. you hang your own mother to be reelected like go fuck yourself you know? yeah <laughs> it's great and uh and so but in that way like i think that i don't know somehow they get let go the screwball comedy hijinks it happens <laughs> you're just I'm like sorry. Wait, i really am like i sorry i i i, <laughs> I just i tried to watch this it went so quickly and it's so like, fast it's i mean if you're not paying lot. attention you can really run into you can really for, re- lose track of what's happening um, i mean she is wearing a fabulous suit in that second half oh. of the picture by the way why did she change but why did I she change i don't know <laughs> i don't understand this is hot 
Hollywood magic, Philip. Where does this come from? I don't know. I don't fucking know. But the whole thing is, is the whole thing takes place in one afternoon evening. So it I like know. Uh, there she changed into her no afternoon suit <laughs> after tea. I, I don't know. It was a great suit. Don't get me wrong. She oh, looked it was amazing. fabulous. Yeah, and her ha- yeah, everything. It was. She looked great, but it just. Uh, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I don't know. Cary Grant has big hands, and so <laughs> there was that. And he has very good hair. He has a very smart, yeah, amazing side hair. part. It uh, is flawless, and he a- is very, very smart. I know he does like make a reference to his own name, which is Archie Archibald Archie Leach, and mm-hmm. he uses that in the end of the movie when he's talking. You know, like he sort of makes reference to somebody, and he uses his own name, and that was, I believe, sort of like an improv thing. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the only name that he could think of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, based. Let's. Uh, so the. Uh, so after the di- after Earl mm-hmm. escapes, there um, the mayor is to- completely steamed at the sheriff for allowing the prisoner to escape, and then he, um, like they're saying, their reelection hinges on that um, on his execution. So they right. think because at the election, of course, on top of all, there's elections in like three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know Murphy's law if anything can go wrong it will go wrong so um then that uh, as they're having it out the the mayor and the sheriff are having it out a messenger arrives with a reprieve for the prisoner to basically set him free or at least yeah. set him you know keep him from being um executed and that's when the mayor and the sheriff at, bribe him to go away and come back after they've executed him <laughs> Which I'm just yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is when it starts getting, like, right. these moments of, like, this guy, this, like, bumbling messenger is completely, he's, like, such a comedic character and, like, a comedic actor. He's, like, doing some, like, really funny stuff with it. But it's, like, you're going, you're literally going to execute a man and while he has a reprieve for his life. And you're, but you're, like, you're more concerned with getting reelected. It's just like, it's a bit of like, it's a heavy storyline. And you're just like, gee, and they're treating it with such like flippant and carelessness. You're just like, um. Oh, I totally uh, agree. Well, and, you know, in that note, like, we almost forgot about Molly. Remember oh, Molly? Oh, yeah, Molly Malone. Who, Malloy. Uh, yes. Mo- yeah. Uh, yeah. Molly one Malloy. Of those. Molly Malloy. <laughs> Can't be Molly Malone. I believe that's a song. I, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's in there, and apparently she was the one who was sort of the witness, or who took yeah. in. She took in this person, um, or, like, or you know, because you know, and she she kind of details her whole story out. But she comes to the reporters where they all work, and yells at them for just basically, in a lot of ways, like in a sense, slut shaming her, and tell you know, saying like, oh, she was this person who you know their their boyfriend girlfriend and aiding abetting right. all this stuff, and she's like, you guys are fucking awful. You're just like the most horrible, awful, terrible douchebags I've ever encountered in my life, and you've like ruined my life, and I hate you so much, and you're so awful. And she, well, I mean, she says, but she says it in like 1940 speak, and it's <laughs> way better than what I'm saying right now. And um, and then of course Rosalind Russell comes and like takes her aside. But it, there was that whole sort of story arc with her too, because yeah, like she was there, and then when the prisoner escaped, like when he escaped, he he ended up at that office, and they they see each other together, and then they help him hide. And then when all of the reporters come in and start talking to her and confronting her, she, you know, and she's like, you know, fuck y'all. Like, in a lot of ways, she was. She was like, wow, you guys are really going to do this. You're really going to, like, do this to an innocent person. And um, also in my notes, I wrote, Molly is metal as fuck because she just fucking threw herself off the balcony. She's like, you know what? Fuck you. That was such a. You know, and she just went off. That was a rash decision, Molly. She just, it was like, a rash decision. She, she was but a bit she like... Did it, she might as well have had like two beautifully manicured fingers up because <laughs> she was like, I'm going out. 
And then she didn't even die. I mean, she didn't no. die. Thank goodness, oh, she didn't goodness. die. Oof, that was a like when she when she ran out the ran out that window the first time. I was just like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what she's she like, was like, you take these two perfectly manicured half moon middle fingers and stick them up <laughs> your asshole. And she threw herself <laughs> off that balcony. Oh, I was it was like what? No, actually, it wasn't. It was probably like thirteen feet. But I whatever. Well, it was enough to maim her. She did seem a bit unstable. <laughs> stable to begin with yeah, though she, she did, did she was like uh, she was a little like clutching at her own hair a little bit she was like yeah. kind of pie-eyed and being like ah. you know i was but like but she also Molly. looked really good she did she look good but first. she needed to take it yeah. down a notch she, she yeah. was coming in hot she with a did. lot of energy <laughs> i was like molly we need to take it down um but she was fun. Um, <laughs> Dial down the fun. <laughs> Dial it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you were saying, uh, uh, Earl does come back into the office and like um, confronts Hildy because she's the only one in the office. And so she ends up hiding him in a roll, the top of a roll top desk, which is yeah. quite a great place to hide if you're six years old. <laughs> yep. Or 410 like this dude. <laughs> Apparently. Um, and then that's when everybody basically comes into the room. There's all, like all the newsmen come back into the room. All the, the sheriff comes in streaming through at one point. And then even Bruce's mother arrives with, to complicate things further. And then the Benny Hill music plays and it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and then Walter arrives with his creepy lackey. And they, he, um, Earl's or a uh, Walter's base tells the creepy lackey is like, Hey, can you go take Mrs. Baldwin out? And he like heaves her over her shoulder and just kidnaps her. I know, just so like, like that. It's just future mother in law right yeah. over her shoulder. Way to go, really. Again, this is where I'm just like, You sure they don't have they're not on the spectrum? They're really, <laughs> really focused. They're very hyper-focused. <laughs> hyper-focused. Maybe adult ADD, undiagnosed. I mean, it was Possibly. 1940, you know. Yes. Um, uh, I did love at one point when um, Hildy, uh, Hildy confronts Louie about the blonde girl, like, getting basically putting the moves on her, um, her fiancé, and she calls him... A, she calls her a blonde albino and oh, that his was the response best. is Evangeline she ain't no albino she, she was born, she right, born here in this, right in this country right here in this country hey <laughs> <laughs> it's like um what hey <laughs> she ain't no albino <laughs> she was born right here in this country <laughs> yeah, free bird <laughs> um and then uh so uh, Walter ends up talking Hildy into writing the article after all and by giving her some grandiose speech about how they're going to be, you know, she's going to be deemed a hero and they'll be naming streets after her and all this stuff, which is ridiculous. Um, and uh, so she starts to write the, e she writes, she starts to write the email. She <laughs> to write I the did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, I literally wrote, I was like, <laughs> She has to chase a story and type it and type it. That's a lot of work. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so and he writes, was he was totally placating her. He's like, yeah. "There'll be statues in the park of you. There'll be streets named after you." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's Lady <laughs> Career. It's Lady Career. Remember? Oh my god, fuck this yeah. shit. I can't believe it. You're giving me an out. I don't have to do what all the ladies do. And they're gonna kill themselves." Ah! Like <laughs> she like freaks out and uh, yeah, and she just went for it like full on. Yeah, totally buys into the whole thing. Um, and then uh, Bruce returns, um, and then he tries to get her to basically tries to get her to come with her, and she's with him, and he's she's super focused and can't be bothered, so she's just clattering away on her typewriter and not paying attention to him, and then so he slinks away, and I'm assuming to go find his mother because she disappeared at one point. She came back and then disappeared again. Um, it was a whole thing. Um, and then when the mayor and sheriff discover that Walter and Hildy have been aiding and abetting a criminal, he places them under arrest only to yeah. have the messenger return just in time with his reprieve and foil the whole thing because that's when Hildy and Walter are like, oh, so you paid him off to go away. And so you could execute an innocent man. Good times. 
Um, so that, of course, everything is all forgiven and everyone's friends again. The mayor is referring to them as, you know, their friends and all this stuff, you know, because he's a little bit, you know, sociopathic. too. <laughs> a massive slime ball. Yes. Um, and that's when uh, Walter offers to remarry Hildy and take her on a honeymoon to Niagara Falls. Um, but that's, um, but they learn of a new story developing in Albany, which just happens to be on the way, which is sort of like tale as old as time for them, where they're just like the fairy tale can't be complete unless they're working the newspaper stories. So I'm like, Oh, happily ever after. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's just sort of like it's like right back where they started from. It's kind of an, it's a funny it, it was a funny like full circle moment because it's like she got what she wanted, but she knew what she was getting the whole time because he wasn't going to change and he didn't change. And no one really went through a change in this. No one became better for the experience. Nope, it was super dysfunctional. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's probably one of the reasons why I, when I watched it, it made me so nervous because it reminded me of my grandparents so much and the way they <laughs> talked to each other that it was just like, it was literally giving me nervous jitters and I can't, I, I, I'm sorry, Philip, I tried. I had to watch this in bar, like parts, parts. Oh my God. Yeah. No, times, like I just, the way they it just the nagging, the constant nagging, it just, <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. And it's like, it's. Two really smart, undiagnosed people <laughs> who just probably should hopefully never had children. It's and a very... Just, <laughs> oh, God. Like, it's just... I don't know. There was something about it where I was just like, huh? Yes. What? Yes. What do you want? Grandma? Yes. Like, it's just very, like I didn't know what to, you know... I, Oh my just god! Just even the smoking, I was like, I was expecting my grandpa to come up to my face really close, just like Carrie Grant, be like, you know, you shouldn't be smoking like this. As he's smoking, as the smoke <laughs> is coming out of his mouth, as he's talking to me, telling me how I shouldn't be smoking. Oh my god! Uh, I miss them so much. Uh, <laughs> I really do. Miss you, G Ma. Miss uh, you, G Different times. Different times. <laughs> I mean, this movie is a dense, dense, dense movie. I mean, it's an hour. I think it's an hour and 40 minutes or something, hour and a half. It's not a very long movie, uh, and, but they there's just di- wall-to-wall dialogue. It's just like rapid fire. It's like, oh, Jesus. If you looked was... up action-packed in the dictionary, this should literally be <laughs> one of the examples that they put there. It is oh, my God. Full-on just with the dialogue and no and it was great like people working their ass off like oh i mean it's a it's one of those movies though if you like if you have a free moment and you you're you have nothing else going on and no distractions and you can really pay attention to it it's a great movie like this is clearly from another time because this is made for people who had attention spans who could like really pay attention and like it's just I just, I just imagine that, like, I just imagine no one in the movie theater, all like an entire movie theater packed full of people, and nobody saw the same movie because everyone was taking, catching different parts of it because Ooh, there's yeah, just so sure. much that you'd have to go back to see it more than once, yeah, in order to get the whole thing. It's, it, but totally it's wonderful. Agree. It's such a wonderful movie. It is. And Rosalind Russell looked astounding. I mean, what? <laughs> she looked amazing. Uh, and always, I just, I love her smart suits. And she looked great. And, you know, it's funny. Running down the list of all the different actresses that they wanted first to play this, I can see it, but no one could deliver the goods like her. I mean, she yeah. really, she put her own spin on it. Um, I think she can hang with the boys probably stronger any of those other ladies that they probably mm-hmm. had the running yeah. for sure. And I, I love me some Ginger Rogers. I think she can, I mean, yeah. I love all those selections, but like, you know, uh, but, but in the end, I think that she, she was a beautiful gift, a beautiful mistake. Yeah. Probably. It's, it's so wonderful. It's so, it's actually interesting because Catherine Hepburn and Ginger Rogers are both in a movie called uh, Stage Door, which is rapid fire, sort of like screwball-esque yeah. comedy. Uh-huh. It's a wonderful movie, and I can't wait to podcast it because it's the bee's knees. And For it sure. also has Lucille Ball in it. Um, it's wonderful. Claudette Colbert also did like um, It Happened One Night, which was wonderful. Yes. Like there, I think that all of these women, like 
were uh, probably would have done a decent job of it. I just don't think that they would have brought the same sort of bravado that yes. that Rosalind Russell has. She's got such presence. Like we were talking about it last time about Gypsy. She just has something like otherworldly of her, and I love it. I I just feel she can walk into a room full of men, and I mean like men like like those kind of guys and her shoulders are just as high as theirs like you know mm-hmm. what i mean she just can do it like <laughs> thanks and, to and padding still, but but also she's still very quippy like it's like but i can tell like and i i i get it i love her because it's twice as exhausting to be her because she's got it's like to hang with the boys and still mm-hmm. be charming and still be yeah. attractive and still be all these beguiling and all these things it's like you have to be and do all those things in order to get cred in order to be that and i think that she doesn't just do it in this movie she did it as mama rose and gypsy she does it in mm-hmm. fancy mame she does it in all the things she but, does it in the, know, she does it in the women she's oh, so good please. in the women too yes, even exactly. as that sort of like head hopper style character exactly I mean, she's, she's just so she's i don't know she's just such a good we can't say enough good things about miss rosie russ i I just Mm. maybe it's like you know i don't know if you ever did this but i quite often would recast my family growing up (laughs) i'm currently recasting my family i'm always i'm constantly always okay i'm having no literally i have a casting call tomorrow oh 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 that's fabulous (laughs) we should all have that but yeah, she's one of those like you wish she was your great aunt or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just you, you just want her to be in your life. <laughs> it would yeah. be a blessing. <laughs> I could not agree more. <laughs> um, so check this movie out. It's yes. the business. It is. It's like we're warning you. It is fast paced. So yes. don't get distracted. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about in this film other than Cary Grant's gigantic hands? I mean. <laughs> He's just a, he's just a beautiful soul. <laughs> yeah, his soul's beautiful. <laughs> I can't help but not smile when I think of Cary Grant. He's so just, pretty. Yeah, he is. Oh. Yeah, and, and just and but it, inside and out, I mean, just whippity smart. If a guy that good looking could say such whippity mm-hmm. smart things to you, you, mm. it's a panty dropper for us, I mean, for us smart folks. <laughs> I mean, because you can be cute, but as soon as you open your yeah. mouth, you're just like, eh, like I when don't know. he, I mean, when he was mimicking Rosalind Russell being like, when they, oh, uh, when please. he's like, he's oh, like, you please. were making goo goo eyes at me for two years. I was like, even when he's acting Faye, I still think he's adorable as fuck. I'm like, he's just so funny. Like, I oh, bet you hanging out with him was charming. A oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah. You just, yeah. You just are like, can I go to party with you just once? I, I mean, know. oh, you're so cute. Yeah. yeah. I want my tiara. I'll be good. I'll be a good girl. <laughs> I'll go home by myself. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I'll sit up in the front seat and everything. Yep. Best behavior. Oh, <laughs> Well, this one was fun. Yes. Uh, this one was less glamour than we're used to, which is always, you know, it's always good to branch out. You oh, know, not totally. Not has to have an evening wear competition. No. Um, yeah, it was fun to see all the character actors and all the, all the, you know, all the news guys being all slimy and stuff. There was, yes. it was really, it was a good movie. Yeah, true realness for sure. Like just mm-hmm. as far as like, that's how it was back then, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. Mary Hill, 7309. Please hold. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we're nearing the end of the show, so I'm going to go ahead and give some shameless plugs to ourselves because if you can't love yourself, who the hell are you? Then how how are we going to plug yourself? (laughs) (laughs) If you can't plug yourself. Wait. Uh, wait. That goes nowhere. What? <laughs> wait, I forget. Uh, we fucked that up. Um, wow. <laughs> if you can't was... plug yourself, how, can how you the plug hell are you going to plug anybody else? <laughs> well, I'm out. Good night, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so go ahead and give us 
five stars on iTunes. Oh, please do. I mean, we never yeah, show rate. for such things. But no. if you do that, that would be so great because, no. um, you know, we really, really give a shit about what we're doing right now. And <laughs> we, we really do. And we're so excited to be able to do this. And yeah. in a lot of ways, it doesn't even feel like work. And we both work really hard for the money. So we this is like our hobby side project. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. If you can just let yes. us know if you like us. <laughs> Yeah, let us know that you like us. Rate, review, and subscribe over on iTunes and Google Play. Still working on Stitcher. Um, uh, you can hit us up on social meds over at Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram, uh, OHR Podcast on Twitter, and then Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook. Connect with us. Let us know what you think. Uh, keep us in your thoughts and prayers, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, And like we said last week, thanks for listening to OHR. Bye.